I got to tell you something. You know, God just does things simple with me. I guess that's probably out of necessity, but somewhere, somewhere in the middle of the night, Brother Flores, while I was fixing the church in my dreams and waiting for God to talk to me about what we needed to do today, thank God for Brother and Sister Flores. On Monday, he and his crew are going to start putting things back together. Amen. We're so happy that they're here. But somewhere in the night, the Lord just spoke these words to me. He said, just breathe. Just breathe. So Brother Jordan, passing out of the prayer room, he said, uh, Pastor, have you got a, a bishop, brother, have you got a title? I said, I do. Don't waste your breath. Sister Kate said, oh my, every song we're singing today has to do with breath. I'm telling you, God just does things simple for me. In your Bible, Psalms chapter 33 and verse 6. I love this church. There's not any place I'd rather preach any more than this church. My life is invested in this church. Everything that I have is right here. And I thank God for it. Psalms 33 and 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. And then Psalms 150 and verse 6. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Come on, let's do that right now. Put your Bibles down. If you're breathing, you owe him a praise right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, God. We praise you, mighty God. You're great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Before you're seated, look at somebody close to you and tell them, don't waste your breath. You may be seated. Breath is crucial to our existence. When it is present, it comes with hope. They say if you're breathing, you still got a chance. It comes with opportunity and it comes with potential. When that breath is the very breath of God, something even greater happens. With a look 
Jesus Christ took both before and after the resurrection we discover something the key to more than existence we realize that in that breath is the power of life I'd like to tell you this morning that you're a walking talking breathing potential miracle working machine come on if you're breathing and you're full of the Holy Ghost this morning it's not your breath you're breathing it's his breath you're breathing and when you're breathing his breath the potential is unlimited Have you ever had bad breath? I know what the answer is. Yes. All of us at certain times have had bad breath. However, if we brush our teeth and floss, and use mouthwash, you can have good breath. Didn't know you are going to get a health lesson today, did you? Sometimes, you know, you're not really sure if you have good breath or bad breath unless you have a wife. Uh, that was a chance for all you husbands. And you do the test. Everybody know what the test is? You cup your hand, you put it in front of your mouth, and you breathe on your hand. Then you smell the breath, and it either smells good or bad. I'm going somewhere, just stay with me. I think the overall goal for most of mankind is to have nice breath, to have refreshing breath. No one wants bad breath. Breath is really fascinating. We breathe reflexively. How many of you wake up every morning and say, well, you know what, I think I'll just breathe today. We breathe reflexively. We don't really think about it. What's so weird is when we do start thinking about our breathing, we get anxious and worry about it. Well, well I hope I can breathe the next one. Uh, true confession right here. Back during all of the COVID mess, I never had COVID well, I take that bad. I have one night. And uh, I, I never had COVID. But I can honestly tell you, Brother Snow, that because of all of the carrying on going on about what happens when you get COVID, there were nights that I'd lay down in the bed and I'd 
Of course, then I was about 30 pounds heavier than I am right now. That probably had something to do with it. But I'd lay down in the bed, Brother Dan, and I'd feel like I was short of breath. I wasn't short of breath. I had plenty of breath. What the devil wants you to believe is that you're short of breath. I'm not talking about because of COVID. I'm talking about because of doubt and because of fear and because of unbelief and because of circumstance. The devil would like for you to think that you're short of breath. Oh, but I've come to tell somebody this morning, you're not short of breath. We breathe a lot. Just for a second. Just for a second. I want everyone to inhale. Exhale. One more time. Exhale. To breathe means we are alive. We're functioning. I don't want to sound morbid. But we only have a certain number of breaths during this life. I did some calculations. And Jesus, for example, lived 33 years on the earth. And he took around 280 million breaths. If we live long lives, we'll take right under 1 billion breaths. Anywhere between 800 and 900 million breaths. That's a lot of breath. The amount of air we breathe over a lifetime weighs about 300 tons. We need oxygen to survive. We breathe in oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in and we breathe out. We inhale and we exhale. The scripture said in Luke 23 and 46, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. The translation of gave up the ghost there is, he breathed his last. And as we look back on the earthly life of Christ, every breath meant something. Everywhere that he went while he was breathing, he was healing, he was forgiving, he was restoring, he was renewing. Is anybody with me right now? I'm talking about the breath of God was in him. And we all, um, we all love breath mint. My, one of my favorites is, is Altoids. They're, they're curiously strong. And, and when you pop one into your mouth, you know it's an Altoid. So that's really stupid, Bishop. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. 
Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross as he died for the sins of the world. Then, when he burst forth with resurrection power, he breathed the life of newness. In John 20 and 22, he breathed on the disciples. The Bible said he breathed the Holy Ghost on the disciples. Literally, listen to me, the resurrected son breathed on them, which is the spirit of Christ. What happened, though, between the last breath of the crucifixion and the first breath of the resurrection? On the cross, Jesus did what he said he would do. In John chapter 10 and verse 17, the scripture declares what Jesus said. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life. Watch it now that I might take it again. Verse 18, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received from my Father. And then the scripture said over in John chapter 19 and verse 30. With that he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. In 23 and 46 of Luke, Jesus called out with a loud voice saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said that, he breathed his last. He gave his spirit, his breath, his life to the Father on the cross. And the Father gave it back to him better than it was. He could be felt. He ate. He had recognizable marks in his resurrected body. Yet the resurrected body was made alive by God with his breath. His spirit was better. And Jesus was able to walk through walls. Ascend to heaven. You see, anything we give to God, he gives it back better. Let me say it again. Anything you give to God, He's going to give it back better to you. Come on. Somebody here that's troubled. Somebody here that's hurting. Somebody here that's struggling. Somebody here that has questions. I rise on this Sunday morning to tell you, if you'll give it to Jesus, He's going to give you something back that's better we go back to the first Adam 
Adam was basically a sandcastle made from the dust of the ground until God breathed into his nostrils. Everybody, everybody say this with me. All life is from God. What did Adam do? Adam blew off the life God gave him and did what he wanted to do. And we're basically still paying that because of our broken world. Jesus, though, the last Adam, took all of the wrongdoings. He took the wages of sin, which is death, on himself. He paid for us. He gave his life, the totality of who he was, his breath. No one took it. He gave it. He gave it. I said he gave it after experiencing the effects of humiliation and pain and sorrow for our sin on the cross. And the Bible said he gave up the ghost. He gave his life. And God gave it back to him better than ever. And now he gives us new life. God breathed into Adam and gave life. Jesus breathed into his followers. God breathed into his followers. Do you hear me? Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. He came back in a resurrected body and he breathed life into his disciples. Come on, I don't think some of you understand it. You're walking around not with just oxygen in your lungs. You're here today with the breath of God in your lungs. Come on, don't waste your breath. I said don't waste your breath. Somebody's going to get a healing with your breath. Somebody's going to get a deliverance with your breath. Somebody's going to be saved if you won't waste your breath. John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when he had so said, he showed unto those disciples. Scripture said, he spoke to them to say, verse 21, when he had so said, Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me. Even so send I you. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye I want to 
want everybody that's got the Holy Ghost right now to throw your hands up in the air. And I want you to take a deep breath right now and thank God because what you're breathing is what he breathed into you when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's the breath of an almighty God. Come on, you ought to thank him right now. I'm pleading with you today. Don't waste your breath. He invested it all so that you could be saved. And he gave it to you so that you could save others. So the first Adam was made alive by the breath of God. And the last Adam makes his followers alive by the breath of God. Genesis 2 and 7 said, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. There's man's original creation. Was, cre- was completed by this act of God. So who then in this building today could fail to see that John chapter 20 on the day of the Savior's resurrection that a new creation had begun by the last Adam. I think when it comes to breath... You see the importance of it. The supernatural aspect of it. The gift of it. We have a couple of choices. Hear me right now. Bad breath or God breath. A breath mint doesn't last very long. You thought I forgot the Altoids, didn't you? A breath mint doesn't last very long. That's why they make them in boxes. <laughs> so you can get another one when that one runs out. But a breath, watch it, a breath mint lasts forever. Oh, that was a lot deeper than that. You can be seated. I said a breath meant last forever. What do you mean, Bishop? I mean a breath that's intentional. I mean a breath that has purpose. I mean a breath that's determined. It's going to produce something not because of who's breathing it, but because of whose breath it is. Come on, I don't think you understand. With your breath, the breath of God moving through your body, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. With the breath of God in you, you can cast out devils. You can lay hands on those and they will receive the breath of God in them.
Sam's shout. A breath mint covers your breath and mine. It disguises it. Where a breath mint takes it totally and completely away. That's the breath of God. We either have bad breath or God breath. In Deuteronomy 22 and 10, it talks about a donkey and an oxen. You never yoke a donkey and an oxen together because a donkey fed on poisonous plants and the breath, watch it now, the breath of a donkey could actually kill an oxen just simply because of what it ingested. You're either going to have bad breath or God breath. So God breathed into man, Adam. And Adam chose to do life his way. And he's given us all bad breath. The last Adam, Jesus, breathed life and can breathe life into your nostrils and mine. Cleansing us and giving us purpose with our breathing. So many of us here this morning are on a bike, a treadmill, a Stairmaster. We're burning calories and we're out of breath, but we're not going anywhere. We're longing for the breath of God. I want to tell this church today that God sent me here to tell you it's time to test your breath because we all have bad breath. Jesus took about 280 million breaths. I don't know how many breaths you or I have, but our breath should have God all over them. And it only comes when we allow Him to breathe on us. I don't know, but I got a feeling that there may be some in this building today that needs a little CPR. Come on now. You may need the Holy Ghost to be breathed into your spirit again today. Come on. It's time that you quit walking around with bad breath and start walking around with God breath. Go back to the cross. When Christ breathed his last breath, it took the breath out of his followers. Anybody here ever had the breath knocked out of you? I, I want to give you a good report here in the middle of everything. Got news yesterday. Brother Danny Lane was moved to a regular room and sitting up in a chair and they took him for a walk in the hallway. I'm telling you, 
You, you listen to your bishop right now. I'm telling you, five or six days ago, without the breath of God, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have given Danny Lane another week to live, but I'm telling you, when God breathes, I said, when God breathes, he has 16 broken ribs, eight in the front and eight in the back. I've had broken ribs and I know what it feels like when your breath is limited, that every breath you take, it hurts, but you still gotta breathe. But I wanna rise on this Sunday morning to tell somebody, you need to let God breathe fresh breath into you today. Come on, you can't waste another breath. Don't breathe another breath, that's a bad breath. Ask God to let the Holy Ghost fall fresh on you today. So that when you walk out of here, you're breathing a God breath. Come on, praise him right now. There's some, you'd be seated, there's some in this building today. You've literally had the breath knocked out of you. You did everything you could today to get up and get dressed. Get in your vehicle and make your way to the house of God. You struggled. You knew it's where you needed to be, but every breath is so difficult. You feel overwhelmed. You feel hurt. You feel forsaken. You feel rejected. You feel doubtful that it's ever going to change. But God said, tell my people today, I'm going to send a fresh breath of my spirit into this sanctuary. And everyone that will receive, I will heal them. I will strengthen them. And I will use them in a mighty way. In essence, we don't have life until we receive the breath of God. Adam didn't have life until he received the breath of God. We don't have life until we receive the breath of God. The moment, though, that Jesus breathes on us is the moment oh, that we live forever. Brother Frank, they would have thrown you away years ago. But that day that he filled you with the Holy Ghost, he said even when you take your last physical breath down here, it's not over because I put inside of you something that's going to go be... Oh, is somebody hear me? Don't waste the breath that you have now, but understand when you take your last one here, it's the next one's going to be up there. So check your breath. Do a breathalyzer. Hear me now. The Lord wants to take you to another level. A level so high that you'll need an oxygen tank of Holy Ghost to breathe. 
when I'm breathing, I'm breathing in oxygen, breathing out carbon dioxide. I inhale, I exhale. In other words, something from the outside comes to the inside. The gospel is on the outside. And Christ wants us to inhale him and to exhale all the sin and guilt. Once we allow God to breathe life into us, we breathe in God and we breathe out God. Prayer is like our spiritual breath. We listen to God, to His Word, and we speak to God, and then we speak for God. We have the breath of life. I don't think some of you recognize how powerful you are this morning. Amen. Anybody know anybody in your life that's struggling right now? Come on, it's, it's not a trick question. You don't have to be ashamed. Hear me. You have the breath of life. It's in you. Don't waste your breath. Those people that you know are struggling today, speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Breathe the breath of God. I'm hurrying. Job chapter 32, verse 8. But there's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. <laughs> there's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Then 33 and 4 of Job, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. So we breathe in God. It's the moment we become followers of Christ. But also notice, we breathe out God. Somebody needs to hear me right now. Brother Cook was spot on with what he said a while ago in the Holy Ghost. But God's calling this church. You listen to your bishop this morning. God is calling this church to speak for him. Brother Stephen, the ground might be fallow right now, but we've got to speak life. Come on. I'm telling you, you can't stop a harvest. You don't know where it's at in the way of a timeline, but you can't stop it. And when you begin to sow life and speak life, Life is coming back. 
God calls you. you you're, you're designed to talk about God. Let me say it again. You're designed to talk about God. We got to have God breath to speak words of life and blessing and healing over others. You think they're going to get that at the witchcraft store? You think they're going to get that where people don't have the spirit? You think they're going to get it in a counselor's office somewhere? Uh, I'm going to tell you where they're going to get it. They're going to get it where people are wasting their breath. They're using the resource, the very life of who you are to produce life in someone else. You say, oh, Bishop, they'll never change. Don't tell me they won't ever change. When Jesus speaks life into something that's dead, it's coming alive. It can't help it. It's coming alive. Come on, somebody, reach up to God and say, God, help me not to waste my breath. You can be seated. I, I, I'm really about finished. We need to say God things to people. Sister Gloria. I'm going to talk about your daughter just a minute. I, I, I won't, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be smart. I'll be wise. Sister Lori's daughter is struggling right now. Needs a touch of God. She needs God to move in her life. I walked into her hospital room the other day. And uh, I just began to talk to her. I began to let her know, listen to me. Listen to me. I've been where you're at. I know the struggle. But I also know the answer. Come on, somebody. I could have I walked in there, Brother Kevin, and said, My God, what in the world are you thinking? Life's worth living. What are you thinking? I didn't do that. I reached out to her and I took her by her hand. And I began to pray, God. You send deliverance to this girl. You send help and strength to this girl. You send peace to this girl. I, I didn't pray. I didn't cast out no devils. I just prayed for her. I spoke God to her. Because I know when you speak God to people, something's got to happen. She, she told her mama, she said, Mom, he wasn't judgmental of me at all. You know what I know? I've been where she was and I know what it feels like to have people look at you and tell you, you're never going to make it. You're never going to climb out. But I've got a God who put breath in me and he said if I'll speak life, he'll give life. Come on, somebody, don't waste your breath. Use your breath. Come on, come on, come on. Let's just praise him right here. God's going to break in on some folks. 
It's time for you to do a breath check right now. Is it bad breath or God breath? You be seated. John chapter 20, 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. When you don't have the breath of God, you have every right to be fearful. Come on now. Jesus came in and stood among them and he said, Peace be with you. And then he showed them his hands. And he showed them his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And verse 21, watch. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Verse 22, and with that... When he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Uh, wait, watch what power he gives them. Look, look, at, look at 23. Whosoever sinned, remit. They are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. I want you to think about the power that you have. Do it one more time. Inhale. Exhale. It's the breath of God. You have the power. To reach down into the very jaws of hell and pull them out of the fire with the breath of God. Oh no, they're too far, Bishop. They're not too far. If they're breathing, they've still got hope. If they're breathing, they've still got potential. It might not be God breath yet, but when God gets done, they're going to be full of life. And they're going to be full of healing. And they're going to be full of restoration. Because God breathed on them. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Just stay standing with me. Jesus breathed on his disciples. He exhaled the resurrection power. And this earthly action was intended to convey 
a grander and larger message. He was breathing on them to create an effect. He was breathing a life-giving, spirit-empowering breath of God. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word ruach could be translated spirit, breath, or wind, depending on the context. The same is true with the New Testament word Numa. Jesus breathed on the apostles to reveal his identity as divine and as a foreshadowing of the spirit they were to receive on the day of Pentecost. God's breath. Everybody say God's breath. God's breath is what brought Adam to life in the garden. So in a way, Jesus was just simply reenacting Genesis 2. And he was teaching his disciples about the resurrection life that he gives. I'm going to go somewhere the Holy Ghost right here. There are some among you that have grown cold and indifferent. Your spirit, your attitude is, well, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's not the way life is. I said that's not the way life is. You either live or you don't. Come on, you either breathe or you die. Come on, somebody. I want to see the hand of everybody here that's full of the Holy Ghost right now. You've got the Holy Ghost. Come on. Put the other hand up beside it right now. Come on, we're getting ready to do some breathing exercises in here right now. Come on, I want you to ask the Lord right now to breathe through you. Come on, breathe on me right now, God. Breathe on me right now, God. I need life. I need hope. I need strength. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you're here and you're struggling, I challenge you to make that walk down the aisle right now. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I need you to breathe on me right now. I want to leave here with God's breath. I want to leave here with God's breath coming out of me today. Come on. The Spirit of God is the breath of God. Come on. The Spirit of God is the breath of God. Let it breathe out of you right now. Breathe. Breathe in the Holy Ghost.